Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. All right. Are you working? Is that the, is that the intonation for a question? Are we recording? Are we recording? <laughs> yep, yeah, I think we're going. <laughs> Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, <laughs> a J10 I was, initiative. I was um, preparing myself for your Krusty the cr- Clown um <laughs> introductions you've been doing the last couple so father mike we've been doing these uh, uh, remixes and he he just realized the the absolute boring standard of my introduction and so he's been getting he's the local one he's been getting i creative. try to get creative it i don't have a whole lot of it but at but this, it's a uh, this hour of the night yeah well father mike father john uh welcome to catholic stuff you should know it's good to be with you tonight it is lent what's your standard Welcome like to Catholic. There, welcome there to Catholic is. stuff. No, it's uh, the phrase you hate well, is. Welcome to Cat. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> that's oh, that's it. Yeah. Hey, welcome that's to the, the podcast. That's the one that you would, you would uh, just blow up the last couple months. But now we're into Lent, and uh, we're more penitential and we're more sober. So, no bourbon right now. No bourbon. No bourbon. But that's okay. So if you're if you're falling asleep already, you're gonna know. Oh, these. This is what these guys are actually normally like most of the day. Yeah, it's true. I I, I mean. Yeah, we're into Lent. We're into Lent. We're feeling it's it. A, it's a penitential se- yep. season. We don't mean to like make it penance for anybody. I know. It, it's day two. That's the problem. It's you know, like, there, okay, oh. there's this like classic thing that everybody says in preaching and stuff. It's very, um, uh, what do you call it, in vogue mm-hmm. um, to say, well, don't, don't take on a penance that's going to be a pain for everybody else. Ah. Well, what kind of penance is not a pain <laughs> for everybody else, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good point. That's if you're going to suffer something, yeah. you're going to be annoying gonna, Everybody's going to gonna be annoying, yeah, absolutely. Isn't that true? I mean, I understand, like, you can't become a jerk and, like, go, yeah, I don't know. I think that... You have to, you have to be, live, people have to be able to live with you. Livable, yeah, but I understand what you're saying, like, but I, I think about, like, if I gave up coffee, for example... Yeah, I think I would be a terror. No, that's the thing. Like what? Yeah, You're we'll, have we'll to deal with that. Though. We'll accept that this is your penance. I'm doing some other penance. Right. We're all grumpy together. Right. I, I would rather that. we say we're all grumpy together. Yeah. Than saying don't do anything that will, because then it's like intimidating. Like you can't do anything. Can't do anything. I know. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We'll we'll come back to this topic in 38 days or whatever when we uh, podcast again, and we'll see if Father Mike and I were. At each other's throats this Lent because our penances were so intense. Is it long and in between? Well, yeah. hopefully, I don't know. Maybe not. Hopefully, it's like a long run thing, you know. Yeah. What's your take on the Sundays and Lent thing? The old debate. Oh, I don't want to get in trouble with people. I just want to hear. You can just, you know, let us know your thoughts. Uh, I don't actually have a rule about it. You know, I think some years I'm kind of like, sure, yeah. I'll break a, I'll break the fast and celebrate Sunday. And I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. Yeah. And uh, and then on other times, I'm like, no, it's going to be good for me and easier to do my penance if I just don't break it at all. Yeah. And so then I won't. Yeah. But it's kind of like a discern. It depends on what I'm doing. Depends on what you're feeling. Yeah. You, you're a spontaneity guy. You're not a rule, I am not kind a of rule a, guy. I, n- I don't. Yeah. That's. Gobel likes the rules. Gobel likes the. He likes to know what the rules are and uh, and follow them. Scrupulously, yeah. Some people love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are I, we, are, which are you? I don't know. I mean, I, I talk to people on both sides of this, but I um, forty days of Lent does not include Sundays. Yeah. Oh, that's very legalistic. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if we're celebrating a penitential season of forty days, we're not celebrating a penitential season of forty six days. 
Okay, so you're counting. So I'm more of the of the school of like Sundays are. Um, but this is the problem. If you say that, then you're like, oh, you're just weak sauce. That's that's it. Well, and the other thing is you're preparing all this penance for Easter. Right. It's going to make Holy Week and Easter special. So right. then if you say, well, Sunday's a little Easter. Well, it's true, but it kind of... What do you mean? It, it's tr- it is true. <laughs> it's true, but right. it's not going to make the Easter season This is an amazing, out actually way. an amazingly natural and organic introduction uh, into my topic. Doing, is this your topic? Yeah, this is know, actually... Maybe that wasn't so... No, no, that wasn't. Well, but was subconsciously the, the kind of, snuck um, in there. Father Mike is training for a marathon right now, so he's got this kind of like, um, what's the French phrase for that? He's got the the, mm. the spirit of life. No, uh, oh, speak French. L'esprit de, de vivre. De vivre. <laughs> something like I that. I don't know. But you I have mean, that's like a direction. I don't know what you're I, talking I, I, about. I, it's something like that. But you um, you've got this kind of you've got the, joie gu- de the gusto. Joie de vivre. <laughs> Maybe that's what it I've is. I've heard that one. The joy of life. The uh, you've got this. Uh, You've got this kind of gusto. You're going for it. You're running a marathon right now. You know, preparing. Uh, do I? It's must, must I be. think it's in, and you're writing a dissertation. These are these are lofty things you're undertaking. So, mm-hmm. what I'm going to say tonight is going to sound like just lame sauce. You know, yeah. So you're going to be very unimpressed, and and I'm sober, and it's even it's even worse. You know. Well, so. I'm not a super disciplined guy. If that's what you're looking for, yeah. I'm, but you, I'm, I'm looking for every excuse. I, I I fell into this thing. Okay, man. I. I if if I was living my life without any like obedience to somebody else telling me what to do, I would be oh into the dissertation, not the marathon though. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, the marathon is is a way that I can get out of the house and relax and get some exercise. Right. And the only way I can do that is the only way I can actually like hold myself accountable is to train for something. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, you have to have a goal. But I don't think I. But would, I just I wouldn't it, be doing anything. It's you know what I would be doing? I would be sitting. I I'd probably be a ski bum. See, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would probably be drinking beer, watching television, and doing as little work as I could to pay for my ski life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That sounds really nice. Right I'm not now. like super super disciplined guy. I know, but I you're think. you're a go getter. But right now, now I'm a go getter. In March. You're, I have changed. You're a go-getter. So, well, um, my topic is... Well, first off, I should preface why why this topic and my... my oh, I didn't set my chrono here. I got Indiglo on this thing, too. Did you know that? You got, uh, you I got, got it, Indiglo. You got Indiglo? Hey, we're Indigo and, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Larkin. That was for definitely for Larkin. <laughs> That's why we're laughing, not because it's funny and not because it's guys normal. Know. It's very weird. I don't know. That's Father Brian loves Indiglo... Indigo. <laughs> Indigo <laughs> girls, Indigo girls. Father Mike is, or uh, Father Brian loves that band, and, and he loves we love it making fun of Father Brian for <laughs> about <it>. whatever <laughs> we can. And he loves hearing from people at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church and parish or and school when we make fun of him on the podcast. That's one of his favorite things ever. So please tell him if you're listening to this that uh, his buddies in Rome once again. Make make fun of the fact that twenty years ago he was listening to Indigo Girls, Indiglo with his Indiglo watch or whatever. So, um, we finished podcasting a month ago, and we made our kind of uh, public uh, acknowledgement of sins, sins of whatever, um, omission, ignorance, commission, whatever you want to call it. But uh, we also went on these like long, arduous, semi lame um, theological topics. At least mine was. Oh yeah, you have to speak for yourself. Oh yeah, right. 
I remember a little bit of a conversation, a robust conversation following. Uh, how I was in mutually, mutually I was kind of like, well, there's mutually no Mutually bored we were by each other's topic. <laughs> so <laughs> we've done 300 of these. So every once in a while you got a bad night, you know. Uh, sometimes you step I didn't up to bat. Say, okay, look, sometimes I didn't you strike wanna, out. I didn't want to throw that out there early because then that builds up the expectation for this one. Well, I'm going to try and do... And I, have, like, I make no promises. Do you have another... Oh, man, I thought we had talked about this a little bit. You know, We were going to try and keep it simple. Well, you could tonight. smack it down. I don't I'm going to try and smack it down. And um, I had Rob Barbin's voice in my head. You know Rob Barbin? Mm-mm. My hockey coach growing up. How would I know him? <laughs> We've been. (laughs) You like questions like that, like questions. That that is true. It's very random. That's you like the. I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to work here. The um, (laughs) Rob Barbin used to yell at me all the time in hockey because he would be like, "You're overthinking everything. Just kiss hockey." He'd always say, "Kiss hockey. Keep it simple, stupid." Mm -hmm. You ever heard that phrase? Yeah, yeah. Kiss hockey. Keep it simple, stupid. And so we're gonna try kiss podcast tonight. Keep it simple, stupid, which means normal people will enjoy it, and uh, hopefully that's the that's the plan. Because sobriety plus that's, academia that's equals uh, sleep, and most people are driving to work while they're listening to this, so this is dangerous for your health. So we're gonna try and keep you it get simple. Some extra sleep during. Keep it simple, stupid. Lent. Yep, that's right. Um, so the topic tonight is muscular Christianity. Muscular <laughs> Christianity. Right. And so I want to touch on that, but I don't want to spend the whole time talking about that. I just want to touch about, touch on it and then go into a more positive thing because I'm going to critique muscular Christianity, and then I want to actually lay out something uh, that's a little more positive and encouraging. I'm I'm trying to think. Well, I'm I'm the image that comes to my head that I think you're going for is some sort of like CrossFit bodybuilding to yep. sort of well, okay, getting into shape Christianity. Yeah, so let's the phrase muscular Christianity. Well, where what I have in my mind right now is several days ago I received an email here in Rome. This is not from Father Chris Lebsack, by the way, because he's a muscular dude and uh, he's also a very humble man. Um, so this is not from him, but it was a guy talking about how jacked he was and encouraging us all to get really jacked. And I was like, this is a very uh, disturbing email. Um, <laughs> and just in general, the whole culture of kind of getting jacked and you know, or getting swole is what we used to call it at CU. Ty Gilbert used to always refer to that getting your swole. So this concept of like let's get jacked together and then we'll be awesome. Oh, I, yeah. I'm just kind of I have a feeling you're going to be okay with kind of critiquing yeah, I don't this, mind. critiquing this a little bit. And I definitely know seen, like, Father I... Nathan Goble will love this topic. So. Muscular Christianity, that's what I have in my mind, is this kind of approach to the spiritual life. The phrase, I came across the phrase in not one of our favorite books, but Ulysses by James Joyce, which I noticed you didn't purge yesterday, which was interesting. I know. Well, Very long. Look, uh, I, we found, I found it to be very painful. I only read a little bit. Uh, Father John actually read the book. We were supposed to read it together. Yeah, but... I didn't... I mean, it didn't strike me, but I it's one of these great works of American literature. I just thought maybe if I give it a try down the road. Thomas Merton says that he converted to Catholicism because of James Joyce and in particular that book. I can't figure that out. Well, that's the thing. I didn't get that far. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, there's this scene where he, you know, the um Ulysses he's he's pairing it up with um the Odyssey. And so it, it follows along, and he's walking through the streets of Dublin. Anyways, there's this scene where he, he pairs it with the lotus eaters. From Do you remember when yeah, yeah. Ulysses comes across the lotus eaters? And they just eat these um, 
kind of leaves and they stay kind of inebriated and they just yeah. live on this island. They're just he's, he's contrasting that with the Mass and the Blessed Sacrament. So it's extremely, uh, I found it extremely offensive. But in there, he just has a two-word sentence. He says, muscular Christianity. And I was struck by that. And I mm. think I think that it predated him. I don't, I don't know exactly the story of the phrase or what exactly it means. I'm just kind of talking about what I envision it as and from my own experience of trying trying to live a muscular Christianity, okay? So this is less about um, like physical strength and going to the gym no, as it is this like is a, not me- about, a metaphor This for is not about running marathons. attitude or something. Right. This is, this is nothing to do with your physical prowess right now. Well, I mean, I don't... I have been trying to work on building muscle for right. two months now. Right. I've been taking protein shake. Have I you? don't do that. Do you do protein shake? I do protein shake. The guy here... The uh, our bodybuilder, one of our uh, server old, old guys who's serving serving meals and stuff, work in the kitchen. He told me to take creatine. You remember that old? Oh, creatine. Yeah, that was like everybody almost, was doing that in the nineties. Yeah, it's like a semi steroid or something. I'll probably get feedback on that, but this it, guy's, it's too strong. And I heard that it does it has weird side effects. And yeah. I no, I'm not going for this. this. This guy was my trainer. I thought I was excited to make him my trainer. Giovanni then, was your trainer. This was. Alessandro. Oh, Alessandro. Okay. But yeah. he's done like seven or eight. Yeah, marathons. that's what I mean. he says you need creatine, huh? Yeah. That's impressive. I, yeah, Giovanni. I think you're talking about Giovanni. This guy, his arms are the size of my legs when he reaches out and grabs. Oh yeah, plate. he's the muscular Christian. Yeah, yeah, he's the muscular Christian. So, anyways, I'm I'm all about muscles and and lifting and running marathons. I, active lifestyle. We highly encourage that. But muscular Christianity is something that will get you in trouble. All right. But before we go into muscular Christianity, we should talk about what we're not condoning, which is flaccid Christianity, right? Oh, good. I'm, well, I, I think that's important, yeah. So if you think of it like working out, um, working out is a good thing. Lifting is a good thing for guys um, and girls. But uh, in particular, like uh, some of the guys at Bernardi Campus, um, got, uh, they got a gym membership and they're just lifting together. And that's just a very good thing. So flaccid Christianity is like just rejecting the whole thing, rejecting the whole project, just not lifting at all. But muscular Christianity, the problem is not the lifting. The problem is the the kind of the ethos to it, the approach to it, you know. Let's get jacked. Oh, by the way, I'm jacked, and you should get jacked like me. And it's just like that's the kind of spirit that we're like, ah, this is not. If we bring that to the spiritual life, especially to community life, it's going to cause a lot of trouble. And it yeah. has caused a lot of trouble, and I've caused a lot of trouble doing this. So... When I think about uh, what is muscular Christianity, what is the spirit around this thing that turns spiritual exercises into um, a spirit uh, that's kind of destructive, I think of three different qualities. This is just Nepal theology. You're not going to read this anymore. Right. Number one, it's angelistic. Muscular Christianity is angelistic. Meaning? Meaning it's a rejection of human weakness and of one's humanity. Okay. Right? So you deny... The weakness. You just got to be stronger and stronger, right? Remember when we started the Companions? Yeah. There was a temptation to this, and I think we kind of did it for a while, which was, let's be the Navy SEALs of the diocesan priests. And people were telling us, we want you to be the Navy, we want you guys to be the yeah, best of the yeah. best. And we realized very quickly, this can't be about who is better, faster, stronger. And, um, and uh, we'll take only the best of the best, yeah. the Navy, the Navy SEAL. So that's kind of angel, yeah, the I mean, angelistic. So the angel, yeah, you see, you see an ideal... And then you start to play that persona. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is something good about that. Like, the, a lot of the great saints um, were first convicted about uh, li- living a radical or heroic life of 
of sanctity because they read the stories of the saints and they said, oh, I'm not living like that. I should try to, to live uh, some sort of Christian greatness. But then when you expect that of other people and that you, you expect that of yourself all the time, um, it's just not realistic. Right. And you, uh, that discourages a lot of people really quick. Uh, I'm not the saint that I want to be or look around. The people are all hypocrites because they're not perfect or whatever it is. Right. And it's not, it's just kind of, it becomes inhuman and it becomes more and more difficult to sustain it and it eventually collapses. Right. And I remember when it did collapse, like in my life, you know, I was in college seminary and I was just like, this is what it's all about. We got to be, we got to be, we got to go harder. We got to go faster. We got to be saints. And you mm-hmm. have everybody has good intentions, but it's just it becomes kind of crazy. Yeah. So we don't want angel- angelism. Avoid the angelism. Avoid angelism. Angelism and defeatism are two phrases of the companions we we talk about a lot. That might be another podcast. But anyways, muscular Christianity is angelistic. Number one. Number two, muscular Christianity is self reliant. Okay. So it's individual, right? So this is one of those things where okay, so we're in a community. Let's say I'm I'm kind of a muscular Christian. I'm not going to come to you and talk about my Lenten penances or my ideas because I don't need your counsel because I know what holiness is and I'm just going to, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, you know? And there's something about that. That's to just think, you know, best about what you need. I think that's actually a very, very dangerous way to live the Christian life. None of us really know uh, what we need. None of us have a direct, God doesn't just she doesn't just tell us and give us instruction manuals every day about this is what you're supposed to do for Lent. A lot of it has to come up in community and conversation. That's why the church exists as this communion of, of friendship and love where I can say to you, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? We're bouncing ideas off each other. We did this purge last night. We go through all our possessions. We're asking questions about different things. And um, so there's something about the dialogue um, of friendship that is essential to the growth and holiness, and that is rejected by the muscular Christian. He's too busy yeah. getting yeah, getting yeah. swole. Yeah, I like that. And they're their own, they're their own measure of uh, perfection right. or uh, growth or whatever it is. Muscularity, musculosis. Right. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah. So I mean, we have spiritual directors as priests, and religious have spiritual directors, and. That's somebody to talk to, to um, ask advice of, to look up to, to you know check, you know kind of check your life and keep it uh, keep another perspective. And then we have, of course, Christian community, and that's very intentional for us companions of Christ, priests. Um, but I think everybody has that possibility. You know, you respect other Christians, you go and you ask them and you talk to them and um, kind of. Yeah, sound these things out with them. You right. know, am I living my life the right way? Am I? Is this a good idea? What should I do? What should I not do? Yeah, and I love that when when we talk about these things, and I also love it when directees manifest these things and say, "Hey, what do I? What do you think?" Instead of just here's the here's the printout, you know. Yeah. So don't be self reliant, or if you are tempted with muscular Christianity, it's going to manifest a self reliance as well as kind of an angelism. And then number three, it's just straight up intense, right? P90X or oh, yeah. CrossFit. It's just you, and it's so usually intense personalities like myself are prone to muscular Christianity because intensity becomes the measure of perfection and yeah. holiness. Oh, yeah, and the more I intense you are, the the better, and the more awesome you are. And and people lo- love this, especially if you're young and if you're newly converted. You admire the most hardcore people, and that and they look like the saints, you know. Yeah, and sometimes that's true. 
So I think that was true. When they met Francis, St. Francis, and he was the most hardcore dude, I think there was it was legit. But you also meet people, and you're like, uh, something's, something's not Yeah, right and people kind of have different versions of that. So they say, ooh, I'm good at like praying a long time, so right. I'm going to do that, and I'm the best. Mm-hmm. Or somebody says, I'm, gonna, I'm good at uh, ascesis. I, I can give up the stuff, and I can be better at that than anybody else I know. And um, Yeah, there is yeah, the intensity. That's, that's true. Muscular Christianity. Muscular Christianity. So if muscular Christianity is um, angelistic, self-reliant, and intense, then flaccid Christianity would be defeatist mm-hmm. and helpless, probably, and um, apathetic. Yeah. that's So those are extremes you're So those are the two avoid. extremes. Don't avoid those. <laughs> flaccid Christianity just... I, so my question, I think, and the way I want to frame this and move beyond this, because I don't want to just... I don't want to just critique muscular Christianity. I want to give something um, positive here. Um, muscular Christianity is like lifting spiritually, but with the wrong understanding of what perfection is or body mm-hmm. bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And flaccid Christianity is just rejecting the lifting. Just I'm not going to work out. You know, I'm not going to sculpt my interior life um, because that's just for these. I'm too authentic for that, or I'm too real. And it's like, no, you just you just jettison the whole project of Christian holiness. That's not good. You're flaccid. You're weak, and you're you're getting soft. And the Christian life it becomes really mediocre and really pathetic when we do that. Muscular Christianity has a false understanding of perfection. That's my my read on it. It's a perfection that's measured by the self, by oneself. Um, it's inhuman. And so it looks like to the you become an angel basically, and then also it's just measured by intensity. And so, well, I like the I like the analogy of the bodybuilding and the muscular and sport kind of analogy because it's it's got the nuance of being able to say the goal uh, <coughs> the ultimate goal is a healthy life, right? To live well is the reason why anybody would start with, you know, any exercise. And then you become obsessed with it and you become uh you get to the you get this idea in your head that that uh, living well is like conquering something, right. either yourself, your body, other people competing, all of these things that come into um uh, I'm going to I'm going to dedicate myself to this as an excess, you know. Um on the other hand there's like okay, I don't need to take care of my health at all. You will still be alive. You'll still be living, but you'll probably end early. You'll probably have an unhealthy life, and you probably won't be living well right. most of the time right. if you never exercise. Right. So it's not like sort of intense practices or something defines holiness. It's just it can help make you holy. Um, but the Christian life and the life of holiness is something... You know, other than just doing practices or not doing them or whatever, but th- this is like a way to refine that, to stay healthy, to to stay in a position where you'll both enjoy the Christian life and that you will actually grow mm-hmm. instead of like you know, kind of backsliding one yeah. way or the other. Another one I thought of was um, another potential problem with this thing is uh, vanity. Mm-hmm. You know, like y- you ask yourself with a muscular bodybuilders i you know no offense to bodybuilders out there but this is no longer about being healthy i mean you have to spend enough time looking at yourself in the mirror and worrying about how to like you know shape yourself that it's a very uh, I, mean, I, th- I think it's a huge temptation to vanity oh yeah and i think that 
uh, can creep in in the spiritual life. I haven't perfected this thing about myself mm-hmm. or my spiritual life. I'm going to go after that. Oh, there's this little detail that is not quite perfect. You're getting into all these details that have, have become so uh, egocentric. You're actually becoming a very egocentric, vain person who's like studying themselves all the time. When you're supposed to be looking around, you know, part of the spiritual life is looking around asking, who can I love, Lord? And not just paying attention to how do I become the perfect person that I always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And that's it. it uh, when I've lived this out, which I've done for a number of years and in different periods in my life, um, it always becomes super introspective. It, all, it becomes about me, and everything's about me and me posturing myself, trying to do this for God, but also just kind of getting lost in the image of it all. So, good. Get, getting jacked. Getting jacked. So, okay, so what is perfection then? That, that's the question. If the mm. muscular Christianity is, has a perverted understanding of perfection is, but we're, uh, we're proposing... Like St. Ignatius says, do spiritual exercises, right, for the conquest of self. These are all good things. We're encouraging that. We, we need to strive towards perfection. Be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. What does that look like? So I came across this last week in this John Henry Newman course, and he wrote this in his Meditations and Devotions. This is in 19, or excuse me, 1856. So this is before Therese uh, and her little way stuff. I also thought Opus Dei with... Um, um, and the way that they approach this. But this is called a short road to perfection. Nice. All right? Short road to perfection. So according to John, Cardinal John Henry Newman, um, one of the great 19th century theologians, um, this is an uh, English convert to the faith. He converted about 10 years before uh, he wrote this. And this would have been a man who in his young life would have really done the muscular Christianity thing. You know, he was super zealous and just really on fire. Yeah, and really so talented guy. Right, very so at this, very smart, he's very writing capable. in his 50s at this point. Dedicated. Yeah, super talented, very intense. Um, but he's starting to reflect on, as he's growing older, what exactly is the nature of Christian holiness. So a short road to perfection. This is what he says. And I'm just going to read a couple of excerpts from it, and then we can... We can muse on it a little bit. It is the saying of holy men that if we should wish to be perfect, we have nothing more to do than to perform the ordinary duties of the day well. If we wish to be perfect, then we should do nothing other than perform the ordinary duties of the day well. A short road to perfection. Short, not because easy, but because pertinent and intelligible. So he started... I really like the... Okay, go, go for on. it. Okay. Well, yeah. just that I, I like the the pithy simplicity and practicality of that statement, but how do you define the ordinary things of life? I mean, he's talking about prayer. He's also talking about um, being faithful to devotional uh, we'll life the, we'll and piety. Paciencia, paciencia. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you could be reductive and just say, well, I'm supposed to get to my job on time, right. which is good, right? but that's kind of reductive. Okay, no? just wait. We'll, we'll get there, right? Okay. Here's what I have in my mind um, when I think about be this. Be faithful to the little things in life. I have some dear friends who will not be named, but they have many children, and they took on recently this this um, Exodus 90. You know mm-hmm. Exodus 90? Some of some guys around here doing it. Great program, uh, helping self-mastery, uh, especially for men, just a 90-day kind of uh, purge of technology from your life, media, these things, to help just with all kinds of things. And it's, it's a wonderful program. I know the guys who started it. It's like taken off like wildfire. I'm sure there's people who are doing this. It's a great program. Yeah. But if you have six children under the age of seven, and um, you, sh- you should not be doing Exodus 90. And if you have a spiritual director telling you that, that you need to start taking cold showers and um, just like 
living this completely. Yeah, swearing off anything comfortable. Swearing off anything comfortable. Um, I'm just like, I don't know about that, you know? So that's the kind of thing where um, don't look beyond the ordinary demands of your life mm. um, to look for where holiness is to be found. You don't have to be more hardcore. Married people with little kids, a daily holy hour is not what God is asking you to do. Maybe exception, there's, there's an exceptional listener, but uh, we got to get that over our head, especially like friends who were focused missionaries or people who were in seminary. This is hard for my brother when he left at one point, uh, when he left seminary. You can't pray like you did. Um, and God's not asking that of you. Right. right. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the first part. Um, short, a short road to holiness. Short, not because easy, but because pertinent and intelligible. I think this is an instruction which may be of great practical use to persons like ourselves. It is easy to have vague ideas of what perfection is, Mm -hmm. which serve well enough to talk about, but when we do not intend to aim at it. But as soon as a person really desires and sets about seeking it himself, he is dissatisfied with anything but what is tangible and clear and constitutes some sort of direction towards the practice of it. So when I was younger and a a thoroughly muscular Christian, Holiness was this kind of ideal that we were striving for, right? But it was really disconnected from my day-to-day life. And, yeah. I was, and um, even more unformed then than I am now. And as I think about holiness now, it's really about the tangible, concrete details of daily living. You know, And when you examine, and we try and do that, live, examine, reflected lives, you start to realize that it's in these little moments that God is, is working and yeah. is moving and is seeking to, to really concretize um, these gifts of grace and in, in, in moments of holiness. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree. I think that the young me was looking for something, these big spectacular moments or really, um, amazing kind of, uh, actions for mm-hmm. God or f- coming from God, you know, either these really, um, tangible kind of recognizable graces that of consolation that where I felt like I was really mm-hmm. holy mm-hmm. or I did something that I was really proud of, you know, mm-hmm. and these were like big moments. And I, yeah, I think that's something that's nice when they come along, yeah. but isn't but you real. Can't, you know? Yeah. You can't live like that. Exactly. Uh, so, okay. So one more point here and then we'll get into the real concrete and that's, and then, and then we'll move along. By perfect, this is what he defines perfection as. By perfect, we mean that which has no flaw in it, which is complete, Mm. which is consistent, that which is sound. We mean the opposite of imperfect. So what he's saying here is perfection, he says earlier, um, we must bear in mind what is meant by perfection. It does not mean extraordinary service, anything out of the way or especially heroic. Not at all the opportunities for heroic, not all have the opportunities for heroic acts or suffering. Mm. But the ordinary meaning of perfection is that which is complete, consistent. Mm. So what we're looking for to be perfect is a day full of consistent and complete actions. Not necessarily the most intense, dramatic, exciting, or heroic actions. That's not what perfection means, at least from the Christian Christian perspective. Maybe different for Greek antiquity or something. But we're not not trying to be titanic here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're trying to make... Complete, sound, consistent actions. And that's, that's what we mean by perfect. He then is perfect who does the work of the day perfectly, and we need not go about this to seek for... Per- and we need... Uh, what does he say? Go about perfectly, and we need not go ab- uh, beyond this to seek for perfection. You need not go out of the round of the day. Mm. You like this? I do like it. It sounds like um, 
St. Francis to sales, mm-hmm. you know, the devout life. Right. Just recognize, I mean, a huge part of self-knowledge and the Christian life is knowing what your life is and mm-hmm. what your call is. And mm-hmm. it's found in the real practicals of your real life. Right. Not in the storybooks or somebody else's life or whatever. And I get in trouble when I lose the concrete, you know, when I lose the daily living. When I, and You and I live in the world of ideas all day long, and um, I find that I, I could get real lost. Even spiritually, I can get real lost. And, I, and, and there's a lot of temptation when I'm just abstracting reality. You think about love. Remember that great line from Dostoevsky and the Brothers Karamazov when he talks, when Ivan is talking to his brother, and he says, um, you know, the more that I uh, love humanity, the less I love the man in front of me. You know, there's mm. something about we abstract these noble ideas and we hear all these speeches yeah. and there's all this political things going on around us, but who's actually concretely loving? Well, that's what Mother Teresa did. Just go out into the streets and she picked yeah. up that first homeless man. Yeah, this person is suffering, this person is sad, Right. I love them. So we got to stay in the concrete if we want to be perfect. And we yeah. got to learn how to be consistent and holistic in our actions. That's what it means by perfection. Yeah, and here's the, you know, the parent who would rather be praying... And the kid is crying, and to rock them, to hold them, is mm-hmm. uh, that's love. Yeah. That's the life of perfection. And this is what God is asking of you. And uh, but I like this thing. This thing. I when I think of perfect, I have the ailment of being worldly as well. Mm-hmm. So I think of impressive mm-hmm. or like some epic kind of story you could tell, right? Rather than complete and faithful and uh, whole, right? Uh, so I I appreciate that. I'm. And that's that, when that that, that it, it gives me peace because it's real, it's practical. Right. At this point in my life, I'm just like I welcome that kind of thing that I could actually accomplish in a day. And I think this is why I was so struck by it also because you and I we live this kind of monastic life here where it's like I was thinking about almsgiving for example, and I was like I don't see people like who am I going to give alms to? Yeah, you know, right. Gancho. <laughs> you know, I guess I could give alms to Gancho every day. He's about the only priest in the house. The only guy I see, um, Gancho is one of the guys that hangs out in our neighborhood. Mike's new buddy. Since you gave him those chocolates, I gave him cookies. Yeah, yeah whenever yeah. they're left over from my class. Yeah, he likes that. Um, but this is where, at the end of this last paragraph here, is where Newman gets very concrete, and this is very helpful. So, because somebody might be saying, "Great, okay," so there's a simple path to holiness. What does that look like? And then Newman just specifies this. He says. I insist, I insist on this because I think it will simplify our views and fix our exertions on a definite aim. If you ask me what you are to do in order to be perfect, I say, first, do not lie in bed beyond the time due of rising. Oh, no. I know, you're already in Now trouble. he's getting practical. Oh, boy. Give your first thoughts to God. Make a good visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Say the Angelus devoutly. Eat and drink to God's glory. Say the rosary well. Be recollected. Keep out bad thoughts. Make your evening meditation well. Examine yourself daily. Go to bed in a good time, and you are already perfect. Mm. Oh, that's so British. Isn't that nice? Uh, he didn't say anything about your afternoon tea. Um, I would like this list. I uh, No, I think this is very profound, and it's, it's, it's very beautiful and practical. Right. So let's, and, yeah. And just real. I mean, I, I, I think I, the one that struck me was, of course, like getting up on time is hard for me, but yeah. um, what's the first thing you do in the morning? You give, you, give your first thoughts to God. Give your first thoughts to God. That's beautiful. Yeah. And when I do that, I mean, there are times when I do that. And it really does change the tenor of the day. Right. And when I don't do that, um, 
I, you know, I kind of set the tone. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be angry this morning. I'm going to be grumpy. I'm going to be uh, feisty or My worry, friend, worried yeah. about something or whatever it is. That's that, that heroic moment that Jose Maria Scriva talks about, that first first act of the day. The way you start really does set the tone for the day. And it doesn't have to be big. So if you're a mom of little kids and your kid's crying, as soon as you're up, you just make the sign of the cross and you say, Hail Mary, as you're going to the crib, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, Opus Day, they do a great thing where they they kiss the ground as soon as they get up and they say "Serviam," I will serve, which is the opposite of what Satan said, "Non Serviam." And so, it, whatever, however you want to do it, the morning offering is a beautiful prayer um, if you know it or to memorize it. Um, because what I tell people is just pick a few things from this list, pick two or three things from this list, and do this mm-hmm. for Lent. By the time this comes out, we'll be ten days into Lent. You'll either be a muscular Christian and just like I am so awesome right now and I am so amazing at my Lenten penances, or you're a flaccid Christian, you're like, this whole thing is ridiculous. Why did I even try? I fail every year. Um, so hopefully somewhere in the middle. Uh, all or of may us... re- maybe a worried Christian who's still on top of things but knows it's not yeah, going to last. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's like me. Or somebody who just is like, I don't know what to do for Lent. Like, I've had Lents like this before where you go into it and you're like, everybody's got their perfect little plan and I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I like to remind people, it's like Lent is just going into the desert with Jesus, you know? Yeah, just walk. So you don't always know. So maybe you're going to hear this 10 days in, and you say, oh, there you go. So uh, do not lie in bed uh, beyond the due time of rising. Give your first thoughts to God. Make a good visit to the Blessed Sacrament. I love that. So find a church on your way to work, on your way home, and just stop in for five minutes mm-hmm. and just talk to Jesus. Oh, that's nice. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's a lot easier for us to do this because we live with the Blessed Sacrament, but just just dropping in and and seeing the Blessed Sacrament. This is why we have churches. This is why we have the Blessed Sacrament reserved. So... Say the Angelus devoutly, a beautiful thing to do, uh, especially at noon. Eat and drink to God's glory. Wonderful way of putting it, you know, because a lot of times we get, if if we get angelistic, we think um, eating and drinking are bad and we should do less of it. And it's like, well, do it to God's glory. Yeah. According to your state in life and your Lenten, you know. Um, Say the rosary well. The, The rosary is like, I cannot stress it enough. And I've had my my years of hating it and feeling bored in it. And I'm just I'm in love with it now, but I just can't say it enough. If it's, if it's hard to do it, just do it on the way to work. Don't listen to the podcast. Pray the rosary. It's, yeah. It'll be way better for your soul. Good, good advice. Um, but we love the rosary. We love our lady. Be recollected. Um, and what does that mean? Just kind of reflect on the day as you're going through the day. Short little prayers, staying in the presence of God. That's, this is, mm-hmm. These are the little things. Keep out bad thoughts. Make your evening meditation well. So maybe a few minutes uh, before dinner. To examine uh, the day, look at scriptures, or they put the kids to bed. Uh, you know, f- fifteen minutes, mental prayer, these kind of things. It doesn't need to be a lot. Yeah, but and consistent. There, you just you just review. Thank you, Lord, for this and this and this. Lord, I'm going to try to do this better. Well, yeah, and then the examine also daily. Um, examine yourself daily, like you're saying, and then go to bed at a good time. And you are already perfect. And you are perfect. So you learn to do that, and the habits become more consistent, mm. and they become more comprehensive. And you start to do them more perfectly, which means more completely, more simply. Mm-hmm. And that's what he means by a simple road to holiness. Not that it's like, this is your checklist, and if you do this list every day, then you're a saint. That's not what we're saying at all. What we're saying is you can find sanctity in the concrete details and, and ordinary aspects of daily life, and you don't have to look beyond that. And that's what the muscular Christian hates to hear. And this isn't super is, demanding. is really good for all of us who are actually practically trying to move towards holiness. And the, here's another thing about your analogy. The, 
it's the practical people who live a, a healthy life. You know, the old people. You say, what, what's your secret to, to good health for the really old people? Mm-hmm. They'll all tell you, oh, I walk. I walk five minutes a day or yeah. something like really <laughs> ridiculously lame, you know, yeah. just like, yeah. well, that won't make you strong. Right. You know, That's you're not going to be winning the Olympics walking your 10 minutes a day or whatever. Yeah. You, you took two laps. Right. Yeah. They're the ones who are living to 100. I know. I know. And this is the spiritual life. Yeah. You know, if you want to grow, if you want to do well and you want to do it for a long time, get good at the little thing. That's right. Good. So you like Newman's thing on this. You I can, do. I really you like You can read that. this. Newmanreader.org has all of his writings, and you can look this up. Um, a Simple Guide to Perfection. So there you go. I want that list. I'll can I get you, that rule I'll of I'll get life? you that list, yeah. Okay. It's all, in, it's all in there. It's about a three-paragraph little meditation that he wrote. So that's that. Some shout-outs. We're done. You're going to have a... I'm trying to keep it as short oh, as possible. I see that. Possible, I see yeah. that. You've been checking that Indiglo. Indiglo. I got a lot of Indiglo over here. We do have lights here, if you're wondering, <laughs> with the Indiglo thing. We do like the Indiglo, though. Why not use it when you can? So, Okay, shout-outs. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you always do this. <laughs> okay, first shout-out I'd like to give is um, to Phil and Rachel Bartline. I don't even know if they listen to the podcast, but there's only been two people in my two years here that have brought three bottles of bourbon to us, and that would be oh, yes. His Eminence Global and then Phil Bartline. And God bless you, Phil. It was amazing. And they're all gone now, and now we're in Lent. Um, but um, it was a great visit. Gracie, Jake. Uh, yeah, it was Jacobs. really fun to see you guys. Gracie and Nolan uh, Cleary came through also and uh, had a wonderful day with them in Assisi. So just grateful to our most recent visitors. And uh, oh, thank you, wonderful. Phil, for quitting your job and buying a liquor store. That's been one of the greatest gifts you could ever give to your friends. So It was delicious, and uh, so was your company. I hope you had a great time in Rome. That's right. Uh, we had a good uh, brunch with them. Yeah, we did. I was really happy. Yeah, that was fun. Family and, style. And brunch. It was yeah. very family. Yeah. I have a few more if you want to keep thinking. Yeah, keep yeah. Talking. Okay. That's it. All Michelle right. DeGuidis in Saudi Arabia was talking to one of her friends. This is Mike DeGuidis' sister. Uh-huh. She, well, I know Mike. I don't know Michelle. She's wonderful. She's and got a good she, name. Uh, they were talking about podcasts, and she wrote me a nice email this day. So, Michelle, thanks for listening, or your friend who maybe listens. I don't even know if Michelle listens, but... Whoever your friend is who was talking about it, thank you for listening. Sweet Molly Tynan uh, sent a nice oh, email yeah. this week, and I thought, you know, our friends at, at Benedictine College who are uh, wonderful. And then um, my last, well, oh, shoot, I'll leave you one of these. But my last two are uh, Tim Danaher, OP, Word of Preachers, part of our team, who's been working his butt off on these remixes for us, is being ordained a deacon in two weeks. Oh, is that right? I didn't even know that. This is how bad no, friends were. I'm glad you told me. So, uh, I mean, I've been excited for it, but I didn't know yeah, what it's, was. Yeah, it just snuck up on us. So congratulations to uh, soon-to-be deacon, uh, deacon Tim Danaher. He's been a wonderful friend and a great supporter of the podcast. Um, this guy's an amazing mind over there. Amazing Dominican mind. on yeah. the East Coast. And he's uh, he's been a great friend. When we and can done get tons of work for us. Oh yeah, it's amazing. No, for no, yeah, I don't know we why. Don't deserve it. Yeah, we don't deserve it. But uh, we're gonna try and um, we got to get him on the podcast because he's just so fun to just listen yeah, to. He's, he's, he's just he's a hilarious guy. Yeah. So we'll we'll work on that for you. But as soon as we're on the same continent, and then my last one, and this is from Becca Messel, and she gets to do this because she's Becca Messel, and she's also on the podcast team. She said Jessica Branson. Started listening to you guys while she was in PA school in Houston. And then she moved to Denver, and she uh, is now at Lourdes in RCA. So, Jessica, thanks for listening to the podcast and for being friends with Becca. And we're happy we could help 
uh, along the way a little bit. So I don't nice. think she knows that's coming, but Becca said surprise yeah, her yeah. and give her a shout out. So shout Jessica out. Jessica Branson, praying for you. Please keep Father Brian in line and make sure he doesn't. If you're need, cool with Becca, you're cool with us. Make Jessica. sure Father Brian doesn't think he's too cool because he really does think he's pretty cool. Oh so, yeah. So that's it. And he will. Okay. How about you? Oh, that's. that's, that's okay. Only well, seven. I, no, that's good. I think that's enough. I mean, I. I. I was going to shout out the D. I always think of the people, the people, the same people every time. Oh yeah, I Michelle, was gonna Michelle DeGuides, or. Not Michelle DeGuides. I was going to shout out the deans. Uh, okay, that's good. But we already did. Deans are coming though next month. I know. That's the other thing. They're going to be around. I was going to shout out Jason Ferris, which I did, and <laughs> nice. who's not coming over here. <laughs> well, that's good. You got your I'm going to build a list. Okay, build I'm build sorry, a list. people. Evernote. I'm going to do my prep. Lastly, I don't think that any of any of them listen, but if the Catholic study students at the Bernardi campus in the University of St. Thomas, my new, um, my new little family over here, they're wonderful, and uh, I'm their chaplain with Father Austin. Oh, they're very lucky Evan. to have these great We're chaplains. Thrilled to have them, and um, they're just rock stars. So I've really enjoyed the last few weeks. Looking forward to the next few months together. Did I see them at the? There was a station station mass, Santa Sabina. There were a lot, a lot of. Yeah, that would have been. Study abroad. There's some of them, yeah. Okay. Shout out. Shout out. That's all I got. Have a great Lent, people. So, you know, lift weights, but ease off on the muscular Christianity. And uh, don't despair if Lent is already uh, crashing on you. You're going to do great. Fidelity in the little things is perfection. There you go. You got it. John Henry Newman. I was listening. You got it. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. We will see you again in two weeks.